Shane Willis, it's episode 264 of the Canes cast, and we're seven games into the season at the time of this recording. Is there anything on your mind? Well, first of all, only seven games in, Mike, and I want everyone to sit back as you're in your car, or maybe you're on your couch listening to this great podcast. I want everyone to take a deep breath. I want you to relax. I want you to stay calm and listen to the show very intently, and if you're not calm right now, you can listen to this. And well done. That's definitely yes. I mean, I believe we've had some of those reactions on both sides of things for the Carolina Hurricanes through seven games, but only seven games. And Mike, it's funny around the office whenever the team gets ready to head out on the big West Coast trip during the fair, there's always conversations. What's a successful trip? What should this look like? And it always came down to one thing. Boy, I hope we go 500. So. You're only one game off of that, and we're hammering the panic button? No, there's no reason for that whatsoever. I mean, there are people who are, but there is no reason to do that right now. Correct. Correct. And I I can't, for the life of me, I understand the results aren't there. And to quote our good friend Trip Tracy, it is a results-oriented business. But this team is three and four, and I look around the league – Edmonton Oilers aren't winning, and they are slamming the panic button, and they don't have Connor McDavid for two weeks. So let's just take a step back. The Canes didn't have Sebastian Ajo for three games of this six-game road trip because that's what it was even with the the little stopover. Still haven't had Andrei Svechnikov. That's the other part. You don't have Andrei Svechnikov in your lineup for any of these seven games. Looks like he's closer to getting back to the lineup, at least uh, that's according to Rod Brindamore, and all signs are pointing to good signs because he is out of the non-contact jersey. He's been practicing. They wanted to get practices in for him. But then you lose Brett Pesci, and even though it wasn't a major turnover as far as the roster is concerned, you still have to integrate new guys into places, and that puts players in different roles and in, in how they have to figure it out early. So... I don't want to sit here and say it's all sunshine and rainbows. It's not. This team is three and four. That's the reality of the situation. But it hasn't been like they have, even when you look at the final scores of some games where you're like, it's seven to four, it's six to three or six to four. You look at them and you're like, well, there were empty net goals there. And this team had a chance in those games. They they did. And I'm not just saying, oh, a puncher's chance. Uh, the only game, really, that it, it felt like, and I thought they played well, was Tampa. Because the way Tampa was playing, I'm like, wow, the Lightning really figured out what they needed to do defensively. And Jonas Johansson is now the next Andre Vasilevsky. I don't know how that Easy. happened. <laughs> Easy. Um, no, I, I agree. I think there were definitely some games that the Hurricanes were shaking their heads at. But it wasn't the complete 60-minute debacle or meltdown that some people are making this out to be. And I think, as you mentioned, there are a lot of teams searching right now in the National Hockey League. The parity may be closer than it's ever been. And the Hurricanes have time. I think it's also important that I'd much rather go through this in October than March. I would, first off, 
you never want to go through that kind of adversity. But if we're going to talk about the, the Canes, this is a team that we know what October, November, December looks like. What is the question everybody has? Nobody had a question going, what do the Canes need to do to get over the October hump? No, the question is, what do they need to do to get into the Stanley Cup final? So everything for this team is when there is an injury to Sebastian Ajo, when there is an injury to other players where if it's the playoffs, they might be in the lineup. In fact, they probably are in the lineup. But in this situation, you want to make sure that these guys are healthy all year long because you can't go into the playoffs a wounded animal and expect to win the whole thing. So I'm all about being cautious with things. And again, I look back on the schedule, Shane. You start out 2-0, and and you were up big on the Kings, and then that game, you're sitting there going, wow, what happened here? Because L.A. had the pushback, and then the nine-round shootout. And this, by the way, is our first Canes cast since uh, coming back from this road trip. Then you go to Anaheim. This isn't an excuse. I'm just laying out the fact. And you're a former player, so a little different now with travel and accommodations and things. But you fly out on Friday, you play L.A. on Saturday, and then you play the Ducks two hours earlier the next day. It's not a 7.30 game. It's a 5.30 game. It's their home opener. And Anaheim all of a sudden comes out and blitzes you and has a 3 nothing lead. Carolina plays maybe their best period of hockey so far to date up to that game, that second period. They cut the lead to 3-1, to one, and then they give up a late goal to Frank Vetrano, and it's 4-1 to one going into the third. And the Canes still pushed back and made it a one-goal game. They gave up two empty net goals late. I mean, I look at that. They win the Anaheim game. They're 3-0. and oh. Everybody is talking about, okay, what a great hot start the Carolina Hurricanes are off to. Then, then they he, come back come back and do what they're supposed to do. They beat San Jose. Yeah, but as you just mentioned, you win the Anaheim game, you're 3-0, and oh, you're about to be 4-0 and oh playing the Sharks, who are abysmal. Yeah, and if you want to take a look at the last two games, Colorado, they might be a wagon. I mean, they might be. Um, it's still early, and things yeah. happen during the season. They may the have some injuries season. come up as well. But Nathan McKinnon, and for anybody who's a hockey fan, Anytime Colorado is, I don't care if you don't like the, the avalanche or not, if Colorado is within an hour and a half of your town and you want to watch them play, Nathan McKinnon and Cal McCarr are worth the price of admission. February 8th, they're in Raleigh. And uh, that Get will be... Get your tickets now. That, uh, I don't know if they'll have a loss by then. They're playing very well. <laughs> but I will predict the Canes hand them their first loss in that game. But the, the one game that really stands out to me was the Kraken game. That's the one game where if you want to say, hey... Why, does the, why is the picture a little skewed right now? What's, what's not there? That was the game. And you figured Seattle was going to break out of their funk, but not to a seven-goal outburst over the Canes. And again, a couple empty netters in that one, at least one empty netter to make it a, a 7-4 game. And when I look at all these games, and Rod talked about it, uh, you and Tripp touched on it as well, the late-period goals and kind of – when goals are being scored on the Hurricanes, we talk about chasing the game all the time, how hard it is when you get behind. But I think there's just been some key goals scored against the Hurricanes in key moments, right? Late in a period, early in a game, when you're trying to get back on your feet, all of a sudden you're behind it again. And not only when we talk about travel, which is difficult enough as it is, you talk about now you're bringing in the mental side of things, right? When you are chasing more than you should 
it makes it very difficult. What creeps in? You start questioning, you know, am I doing this right in the system with the new guys? Do we have, do we have the lines all set up right? We're not connecting. And you can see it, and, Mike, you've been around the team while they're on the road. You can see maybe a little bit more frustration creeping in than you have before. But when you go back to the number one thing and you talk about structure and culture on this team, the ship will be straightened out. Sure. There's not a question in my mind. And for the people out there who are heavy doubt, what do we do now? And you're already starting to look at things from changing perspective. Get rid of that. There's too many. The road is too long still. The Hurricanes get through the month of October, a couple home games. You head to Philly for a one-off. Then you go into New York, a simple trip for two games. And the month of November sets you up very well with the amount of home games slash opponents that you should get that ship back to where it's supposed to be. Now, again, I say that with opponents, with a grain of salt, that there are no tap-ins. Not in this league, not anymore. Nowhere around is there going to be a tap-in night. You know, the amazing thing about that, too, is every team has star players now who can take over a game, but where it really shows up is special teams. And I'm going to throw that one. Well, hang on. We're going to throw this one right at you, Wilbur. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Uh, Special teams early in the season are always going to have an advantage. Power play over penalty kill because you sometimes have star players just able to make great plays no matter what the PK is doing against it. Don't get me wrong. There's some PKs that are yeah. perfect on the year. You're not going to get – there's not many times you're not going to get at least one or two great A's on a power play, no matter how good the penalty kill is. And that's an area that when you talk about the Hurricanes, and you look at the refereeing, though, when you look around the league, there's a ton of penalties being called right now. Well, that's what, it, that's what I'm saying, and Rod Brindamore alluded to it. If you are trying to kill off six or seven power plays a night, you're more than likely going to give up one or two goals on the man advantage just because of how good the other teams have talent, how good the other teams' power play units can be. You know, Tampa's power play unit is about as good as it gets, that top unit with Kucherov and Point and Stamkos and Hedman. And then you go to what Colorado throws out there with McCarr and McKinnon and Rantanen. I mean, that's... That's incredible. And even Seattle has guys who can score on the power play. You know, Jared McCann, Matty Beneers, they have talented players. San Jose is a little banged up with their star players right now, but Anaheim has players, Zegris, Troy Terry, you know, Jamie Drysdale. These are high draft picks, well, in Zegris and in Drysdale's case, and guys who can score in this league. Right, and when you look, we talk about the skill in this league all the time. So you're going to give a team – and those type of players' power plays or multiple, as Rod Brindamore talked about, six penalties is far too many to face any team. You're going to give Colorado five? You want to give that kind of firepower five shots in a game? That's too many, and doesn't matter who your penalty killers are, that's too many grade-A opportunities for a team to get the ball rolling. And the Hurricanes are off right now, right? They're not completely dialed in. Last night I thought in Tampa was a step forward. Um, 
to getting down to that system, the high pressure, making sure that second layer and the reads that players are making are in tune. When we've talked about the hurricane system, it's it, everything's got to be in tune and guys are reading and making that next step anticipation to not give that opportunity. And right now, it's a little bit off. Guys are, you know, it's a half a step away. It's not 15 steps right. like the panic button wants you to think or 10 steps. The Hurricanes are defensively that half a step. And the league is so good now when you're off a half a step, it's ending up in the back of your net. And the Hurricanes are going to work on that today. Um, for practice, they're going to get ready for a big game tomorrow. From everything we've been hearing, that they're not going to morning skate. They're going to rest and come in against the Seattle Kraken and try and hand back what was given to them in Seattle just a week ago. So, uh, again, you can sort things out. I just don't understand why, based on everything that has been seen the last five years, why there would be reason to hit the panic button this year. Seven games into the season. I think it's nature of sport. I truly do. I don't think it's just the Hurricanes. I think it's across the board. Um, perfect example is our Philadelphia fans, and the answer is probably yes because they're Philadelphia fans, hammering the button right now because the Phillies were eliminated by the Diamondbacks last night. What should we change? Who should we go get now and dump a bunch more money? They have a really good team. Are the Atlanta Braves hammering the panic button after getting bounced? Probably. There's probably people that saying that. But the game can change in a moment, no different than a goal being scored in a game compared to a team turning things around very quickly and going on a run the other direction. The Hurricanes win both these games this week at home. You're now 5-4. and four. Are we in a good spot? No. But you're now moving the needle back the other way. It's a tug of war all year long. And you want to put together a stretch of games, which the Hurricanes will. It's not a question. I'm never going to question this team on, I think the Hurricanes will put together three or four straight, Mike. Of course they will. I know they will. Of course. Is that a, do you want me to do the? No, it's not your word. Sorry, we cut cut that off. Sorry, Will. I mean, will the Hurricanes put together a 6-7 win game streak? Yeah. Right? So it it will get back to that. Um, I think injuries play a key part. I think new guys play a key part. But the leadership top to bottom is too good inside that locker room to not get it back on the tracks. All right, let's go inside the locker room. You are a player. When, at what point when you looked at the standings would you be like, well, we're in trouble? Is there, is there everybody used to say American Thanksgiving. I don't, I don't buy into that. I think that you can be locked into your playoff spot by Thanksgiving, and I say that because Shane is Canadian and does celebrate Canadian Thanksgiving. We've already had it. Yeah, it's, it's October. <laughs> it's like uh, October second or something like that. It was early this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Oh, there you go. Appreciate it, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah Swingle, our live studio audience, wishing Shane a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Touching. Um, I'm, but as a player, like, is it a is it a, a number? Is it twenty games in, thirty games in, where? You're like, if we're not here, it's going to be tough the rest of the way. All-star break. Really? Because that comes later than I think most people would think. I mean, I'm not talking about if you're a bottom dweller. If you're a top-end team and contender, to me, all-star break is the turn of, like, now it's the race, right? Now you yep. lock it down. You lock it down. Oh, it's you lock, you it, lock up. it up. 
some people may say January 1st, but I think if you're one of the top four teams or if you look at it in the Eastern Conference, if you're a top 10, right, because only eight get in, all-star break is where you got to really make the push. So that's where the marathon becomes the sprint? Yeah. That's fair enough. But in your mind, it's not... It's not November. Yeah. I November, there's still usually... By the end of November, 50 games left. Four Usually more. Months. So, too early. And again, you go when, on a run. When they talk there. about that, though, they're just playing. I mean, they're using an analy- analytical number that does. I mean, it does work when you do look at it. But as a player, you're not. After Thanksgiving, and the players will get asked this question, and they'll be like, no. We're not, even, we're not looking at that. Because the other part of it, Mike, is you think a person or a team that's in first place at American Thanksgiving is like, we're all set. You don't want that in your locker room. No. We're in first place. It's November. We're all set. If anything, I'd be like, how do we stay here? Right. Did St. Louis think that when they won the Stanley Cup? Well, go back. they were dead last. Again, go back to that. (laughs) January 3rd, morning of, they were DFL. And the Carolina Hurricanes were third from the bottom on January 1st yeah. of 2019. And St. Louis wins the cup, and the Canes made it to the Eastern Conference Final. So, it's a good good spot to be in. Uh, all right, let's pick your brain here. Seven games. Uh, we'll, we'll make the negative people happy first. Yeah. What don't you like through the first seven games? Besides, of course, the record being three and four. I haven't liked... Because one thing we've come to love about this team is how defensively strong. we. I mean, we hammered this point on opening night on the pregame show about limiting chances and not giving up shots. I haven't liked how many grade-A opportunities we're giving to teams. It's not that they're getting a chance. They're getting a prime-time Broadway. Here you go. Take a rip. So I haven't liked that defensively. And then on the flip side of that, I would say I haven't really liked the great A's they've been generating. So you put those together, you're in, you're all just chasing it around. All right. So then flip the coin to the positive side. What have you liked through the first seven? Well, when I think about it, and we've talked about this on the show already with the injuries this team has already faced, I like where they are. You're never going to question this team's effort. I've loved their effort. I've loved their compete on a nightly basis in different areas. And it's a matter now of, you know, getting that key goal at a key time. All it takes is one to change the momentum of this entire thing for this team. So I've liked, obviously, their work ethic. I think I've liked, you know, their forecheck has always continued to shine and create and bounce things off. Um, and now it's just about getting that momentum rolling in the right direction. So that sounds easier said than done. How do you get the momentum rolling? Is it is it as simple as you beat Seattle, you beat San Jose? For this team, yeah. I think it's if you went two in a row, you're you go you could go on a roll, right? Because then you go to Philly mm-hmm. that isn't a team that's gonna blitz you, but you gotta be ready to work, which this team always is. Then you have the Rangers and the Islanders. So 
you come out of these two home stand, two game home stand into a three game metro battle that this type of momentum can help you. So put a win on the board, things start going in the right direction. Yeah. Well, you go back to this team's motto of win the day. That's all you're doing right now. As a player, you're not looking at the Rangers on November 2nd, right? Your only focus is Seattle. Yep. There's not even a thought about San Jose, which is the next night. It's coming into Seattle with the right effort. And it's not, I think a lot of people think they, you need a dominant, you know, win. You don't need a 5-1. You don't need a 6-1 beating. You just need a win to generate enthusiasm and positive vibe in your locker room. Well, it's, it's funny because last year, talking to former Carolina Hurricane Brendan Smith, when New Jersey early in the year was, you know, they got off to a decent start, but kind of were in one at one point. And he goes, I, I told the guys in the locker room, we don't need to win a game six to two. When, there's nothing wrong with winning a game two to one and, you know, putting the win on the board and then you move on. That gets you out of what's going on. And right now, again, the Canes are on a three-game losing streak. That's what's going on. Well, and go back to last year, the points, and we talked about this at length, the points that they were collecting in shootouts and overtime, how crucial those were. No one was sitting there last year after those victories going, oh, we only beat them in overtime. We had to go to a shootout. Those don't matter. All that matters is W's. Doesn't matter who, what, where, when, how. Nope. It's just at the end of the night that you get two points in your win column. And the Hurricanes had a ton of those early in last year's schedule. So it wasn't just bombing teams left and right. And we go back to the topic, everyone. We told everyone to manage your enthusiasm for the Hurricanes being the favorite out of Vegas being the favorite doesn't mean you win 82. Yeah. But I think what being the favorite does do though, is the fingers get itchier to hit the panic button when you're a favorite in the preseason. Yeah. Take your hand away from the button. Look, people, when, when I, when I do this, I hate this because it is disrespecting other teams. What I'm about to do. Oh, I like that. I know you do, (laughs) but we should also know this every year. The so-called experts yeah. and everybody who eats this up on Facebook and on Twitter and anywhere else that there's a site, you know, it's Shane Willis's basementpredictions.com. Yeah, Actually, me, I would pay attention on, let to let that me one. Let me crack a Stormbrew so we can cover up some teams. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Stormbrew, <laughs> who is the official presenting sponsor of this podcast known as Kane's Cast. Uh, and right now, maybe would be a good time for a Stormbrew. But you almost got to switch to the winter lager a little thicker, maybe. I'm good with whatever, man. Mm. I'll make it. I'll make it work. Does anybody think that the Philadelphia Flyers and Columbus Blue Jackets are going to finish in front of the Carolina Hurricanes this year? <laughs> no. Well, you chuckled. You chortled at that. No, well, I, had, I watched. Well, who did I watch Columbus play? I watched Columbus play somebody, and I was like, "Ooh, it's tough to watch." When uh, when was the last time you watched them? Like it was last week, week. Last week. Uh, last week. They beat the Flames three to one, and they got uh, pummeled by the Red Wings four to nothing. It was the Flames. I watched them play the Calgary Flameouts, as my mom calls them. Wow. Hello, Mrs. Willis. <laughs> <laughs> the Flameouts. Hi, hi. Um, yeah, it was. It wasn't a interesting game. Then 
I actually watched the Flyers, and there's nothing that's going to impress you about the Flyers besides how they are ex- working extremely hard. Right yeah. Now. They're going to block shots. They're going to block a ton of shots, and they work hard. Well, that's one thing I have noticed against the Canes. The opposition is always fronting more shots, blocking more shots. Well, and I think the other part about that, Mike, is the Canes shoot so much. So the much high volume. Everywhere, yeah. right? They're getting it. They're just going to launch it, and guys are in those lanes. It's not like you're pump faking to get around. No. But Cam Atkinson has been a great start for the Flyers, but again, you just got to put your work boots on. Well, sure. I mean, they're because they're going to they're going to come after you for Carter 60 Hart's minutes. been solid. So I just bring that up. And oh, but by that's the, a no. By the way, the Rangers are only two points in front of the Carolina Hurricanes with a game in hand. The Devils are one point in front of the Hurricanes with two games in hand. So it's not like Carolina is... Like you're in a 10-point yeah, hole. You're not, if I can just head over to the West, where the Edmonton Oilers are 11 points behind Vegas for first. 11. Vegas has looked... Yeah, I thought there was going to be a little bit of a Stanley Cup Stanley hangover. Stanley Cup hangover. It doesn't look like it. Nope. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, or St. Louis, who I think is a decent team. They're seven points out of first place. See, I don't like their team. I think they're decent. But I'm like just saying, if people are, are wondering, how are you going to get in this race? You're only two points out of first. And what Shane just said, you beat Seattle, you beat San Jose. By the time you go into the weekend, you could be in first place. And that's where we're at. It's really a simple answer, people. Just got to stay calm. <laughs> Relax. Shoot the puck. <laughs> I believe that uh, you are a big believer in that. Also, by the way, can I commend you for your video? Uh, as I had to, I don't know if you watched the rest of it, but I was correct. You never spent more than two minutes in there. You are a minor offender. Where? You never well, had a five-minute major in the NHL. So, full transparency. I was in Charlotte for our final first school session last night. So I didn't get to see the show. I listened to your sultry voice on the radio on my drive home um, for the first two periods of the Canes game. So I didn't get to see your oh. I didn't get to see your chirping of me after my video. I was gonna start the video being like, I've never been in here before. No, I know it's you've been of, in there because one of because one of your one of your best stories is about being in there, not on a penalty that you took. True. Thank you, Paul Coffey. Kudos. Um but, yeah, I have to thank uh, Patrick Buds, as he was my great videographer. Oh, well done, Patrick Buds. I happened to just stroll through the Canes locker room at Invisalign Arena, and he was in there working hard as the team was on the road, doing some repairs on some equipment for the guys before they came home. So I said, could you be my video guy? And he, of course, said yes. He is a good friend. Of course. Always, Patrick, if you're listening. Always. I mean, his last name is Buds. Yeah. Best Buds. Buds. That's a big Canadian term. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, Buds. <laughs> hey, buddy. What's going on, guy? How are you, friend? I'm the only one who watches South Park in here, or at least used to. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. That's fine. Well, you know, That just means you're not my buddy, guy. <laughs> not your guy, friend. <laughs> Nobody? We're setting I'm, you adrift. I'm with you. I'm with you. Go live with the Danish. We can't hear anyone on the podcast res- responding or laughing. I can't. Part of the video portion of the podcast. Yes. I need to work that in at least once 
every three weeks because people actually think we have a video portion. Now that we have Patrick Buds, maybe we could get a videographer for this thing. We could, yes, yeah, set up a video. I mean, I'm not even wearing a shirt today. I know. Jones. That's the topless edition. By the way, I'm wearing all of the shirts because Shane <laughs> isn't wearing a shirt. It's cold. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I've been meaning to say. I don't know what's going on over there, buddy, but you need to work on this a little bit. Uh. So, uh, all right, are we hitting? Are we hitting the marks here? Is there anything that is seriously, if you're looking at this, going, all right, this is unfixable. That I, I no. guess maybe I should have asked that question right away. And by the way, the head coach of this team, Rod Brindamore, I believe there is nothing in hockey terms, maybe nothing in this world, he couldn't fix. There you go. I said that. There you go. I said that. Thank you. I'll take it. That's not even a like it, take it. Okay. But with this team, you know that. You know this coaching staff. One, first off, we all know the coaching staff is players. And what they did either to be in the league, be a star in the league, keep themselves in the league, they are tirelessly working on things that, what can we do better? Is there a tweak? Is there something that we need to fix? Is there something we need to address? But again, Rod Brindamore said it today after practice, Shane. You know, there's, there's things that need to be better. And they'll get better at it. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of water finds its level, meaning it's either going to rise or it'll come down and settle a little bit. And for the Canes, it hasn't gotten to their level yet. And they know how to get there. And even though it is only two players that you take a, a look at on the, the grand scheme of things, a little bit more because Tony D'Angelo comes back, but I'd like to give him some benefit of the doubt because he knows the system. Brendan Lemieux, it's really only two players that were thrown into this system that you were looking at as saying, well, they were going to play big minutes or have big roles. It still changes things around, doesn't it? Because you're moving guys into different spots. You're trying different things, which, by the way, one of the happy accidents out of not having Sebastian Ajo for three games is you found a line in Jesperi Kotkaniemi with Seth Jarvis and Stefan Nason that plays very well together. Very well together. And part of that is they all know their roles. And Seth Jarvis, and they all go to the front of the net, all three of them. That's been a good line. They had until last night when there were no points scored for the Carolina Hurricanes, they had 17 points in three games combined as a line. I'm not a math major. But one, there's no decimal points in it. And two, that's pretty damn good for three games to have 17 points as a line. I think you're right on point, Mike, with – other things you discover in difficult times because they're always working, they're always looking for things. I also want to point out, I was just, as I was thinking in my head, I was like, I want to pull that up right now. Just, you know, use the old Googs on the computer and pulled up something. After seven games last season, Mike, the record was four and three. Oh, oh my, four and three? That's that's a hundred percent better than right now, Shane. Yeah. Then let me scroll down a little bit. The Canes headed to Colorado on November seventeenth and ripped off five losses in a row. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to say that. Ripped off. We're handed. We're handed. Five losses Suffered. in a row. Did we have this conversation last year? Why are we having it now? What was it? Did the Canes finish with a pretty good well, record last but, year? No, but it goes back to last year the Canes had high expectations. They weren't predicted to win the whole thing. So this we're only year, leaning on that. Oh, you I, think? I, think, I think that's why the freakout is 
much bigger now. Really? Early on, yes. Could be. And, and you know what it does? It draws out. I'm, I'm not going to do a point the finger and tip the cap to people. That's a Stephen Colbert bit. But it the people who want to be negative, who live to be negative, have the chance to be negative right now. Yeah. Oh, this is terrible. This guy isn't doing anything. How come this is going on? You should have went for this. <laughs> and, and by the way, remember the other? What was the big thing that we got at the start of the year? Every question we got about the Canes. What was the question? What was the one thing everybody was wondering about this team going into the season? Um, Are they going to score goals? Yeah, who's going to score? We need to trade all of our defense for Connor McDryseidel. <laughs> uh, one, that's not a real person. Yeah. You've combined two people one, together. Only one person sent us a trade. Uh, we did get a good trade. Oh, we got a new one? We got a new one, and um, I will be interested for your take for it. Oh, I'm excited. But we'll, we'll get to that. Oh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But again, that w- was that not the question? The question wasn't the defense. The question was, where were they going to score goals? Well, going into the game against Tampa, the Canes had the second most goals scored in the regular season. But I think because the defense was so good last year. To get not give up anything, I think it's going to get back to that. Whoa, whoa! I think I think that's why. But what happens is when it's it's not letter perfect, and even then people find something to to gripe about. But when it's not letter perfect, or when something needs to vastly improve, in newsflash, everybody in that room knows the defense needs to improve, and that. Yeah, Penalty just so, needs just to, so to you get all better. know, yeah. the players are aware. Yeah. <laughs> they get it. It's not like they're sitting here going, three and four, high five. Yeah, up top. <laughs> slap hands. Slap hands. She, she won't even do the slap. Slap hands. <laughs> There's no party being planned. Yeah. Just for a win. Uh, I, again, I, I bring this up. What has been lost is the ability to score goals. You know, until last night, Shane, the Canes, as far as an offense goes, was as good as you could want a team to be. If I told you, what if I told you? Oh. A little 30 for 30 for you? Yes. That the Carolina Hurricanes would score in regulation or overtime, five goals, five goals, three goals, six goals, four goals, four goals, and none. So the none is the loss. We'll put that out there. But if I told you five, five, three, six, four, four, Seem to be scoring enough. What would their record through seven games be with that? I would say four and three or five and two. Yeah, five and two. Yeah. And instead they're three and four. It's okay. Again, they're, they're going to figure it out. Not worried about it. We do have questions and people want. On the twi- on, oh, what is it called? Just X now? X, formerly Twitter. Formerly known as. Formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, X. I need this thing to be X'd out of my life. Uh, Gosh. All right. I've got to find the trade. Here we go. Steve Marks. Marksy. You asked for a cap-compliant trade offer weeks ago. Parentheses. Potentially months ago. I'm curious how you would grade this. And, And Steve, he did work here. Okay. I see this trade as balancing depth on teams that have some positional imbalance, important pieces, have a little term to work on extensions, expecting big raises for Bull. This was a trade sent yesterday before the game. Okay. So here is the deal. The Carolina Hurricanes, when I read the second name on this deal, you're going to say absolutely not. Okay. But here we go. 
The Hurricanes trade Yesperi Kotkaniemi, Jacob Slavin, Jack Drury, and the Flyers' 2024 second-round pick to the Edmonton Oilers for, I will save the big name for the second name, <laughs> for Brett Kulak, who's got three years left on his deal, yeah. and Leon Dreisaitl. That's the trade. It works out money-wise. He did that. He was cap yeah. compliant. Um, <coughs> Marksy. I will not deny that Leon Dreisaitl is elite, but I feel that you are giving up far too much, far too much to acquire that. Indeed. I will send it back. I will give you a C minus. Read our names again. Kokaniemi, Slavin, Drury, and a pick. Uh, here's why I don't. No, thank you. Here's why I don't do that, um, because Yasperi Kotkaniemi is under team control for seven years at four point eight two. And ha- have you been watching how he's played this year? Mm. I mean, I he's not going to put up Leon Drysital numbers, but he's putting up good numbers. Not not saying he's been playing perfect though. No, not saying he's playing perfect, but you have a center who is under contract for really good term Yeah, for seven years. Jacob Slavin, he's going to get paid. He's going to get a contract extension. We know that. But he still has two years remaining on this deal. That said, when Leon Dreisaitl's deal comes up in two years, he's going to be a $12 million player. Yikes. Minimum. 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 That's the, when you look at that, yes, you have Andre Svechnikov under a good deal. Yes, you have... Sebastian Ajo under a good deal. Uh, I mentioned Jesperi Kotkaniemi's good deal. But you then are losing Jacob Slavin, who I don't know how you replace that. I think that this is going to be a linchpin of your defense for the next nine seasons. Uh, just talking about extending him and where he would be at. I I, I got to give Steve full credit, though. He came yep. up with a trade that you would at least have to... Mathematically works. And I think that you would at least have to think about now, I'm, I'm with you. I'd think about it for about five seconds and say no. Yeah. And as much as I think that Leon Dreisaitl is a fabulous player, I mean, if we're going to, if I asked Shane Willis's top five players in the world right now, he's on that list, right? He might not be two, but he's, yeah. he's on the list. Yes. Because it's McDavid. Yeah. And then you, by default, because he's the newest toy in the league, Connor Bedard, right? Can we let that kid just play a season before we anoint He's him? He's not in my top five yet. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm doing Austin that. Matthews? Uh, that would be number two. Wow. No, sorry. Take that back. Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon, three. But we're just going to go. Dry sidles on that list. Alex DeBrinkett's like at his new home. I don't think he's a top five player in the world, but yeah, he's doing very well. He's doing really well. By, the way, by the way, Nikita Kucherov, like or hate him, is a great player. Yeah. And, Pretty uh, good. Cal McCarr might be a top five player in the world, too. Just so we're set. Uh, Well done, though, Steve. I have to give him credit because he tried. Nobody else else came with anything to the table like that. So he used his uh, calculator. So to Steve. Mathed it out. Steve. Thank you. uh, And speaking of this man. Thank you. It has just been announced that Justin Williams, Stick, Jay Willie, the thousands of nicknames he has earned throughout the years, the one that he dislikes but 
as he told me, you don't pick your nickname. Your nickname picks you, Mr. Game 7. When you show up as big as he has in the biggest moments in NHL playoff history, he is going to be added to the Carolina Hurricanes Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. Bravo. And I think that you look at his first tour with Carolina, there's enough to merit it. But for me, it was that second tour where he came back. And I'll just always remember, he comes from the Caps. This is a guy who could have gone wherever he wanted to because of the cachet that he brings with him in the game he still had. And his line was, when you see a friend that's down, you want to go help him and pick him up. And I think that you can tie in. There's three things that you tie into the Carolina Hurricanes turning into the team that they are right now, the organization that everybody around the league admires and is starting to copycat. But it's Rod Brindamore, head coach, Tom Dundon as a majority owner, and then Justin Williams signing the deal to come back and play for Carolina and, and put those things into place. And then the performances. Yeah. I think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with everything that he did inside and outside of the locker room as a whole. It wasn't just playing for him. It, it was a much deeper um, contribution that he made to this organization to right the ship, right? Yeah. And he did that because he stepped into a locker room with a bunch of young guys and said, this is how the standard needs to be. And then and it takes, again, when you talk about leadership and <coughs> special type of leaders, a lot of guys don't have that kind of draw or, or leadership quality that everyone, not, not just a couple guys jump on board, but when you have every guy jump on board, Tells a lot about a guy. Without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt. That's what he does. And, again, as he was named the captain for Rod Brindamore in his first year, it kind of all handed itself out. All right. You ready for the rest of these questions? Ready. How's Andre Svechnikov looking for tomorrow night? Still a bit too early? Still too early. Uh, We were told by Rod Brindamore it's to the point now where he gives the okay. Yep. And as we talked about before, you know, there's constant conversations with the medical staff on everything. It will be 100% before you see him jumping in. Uh, this one from Marcus during the long West Coast road trip, how do players deal with the jet lag? Sleep, rest, Sleep, lots of water. Yep. I mean, it's... it's how, Nutrition. Yeah. Pretty much how everybody else would. You know, you make sure that you get your workouts in, you're ready to go, and they... They adjust to it pretty quick. Yeah. It's like the first, what is it? It's the second day that when you're, after you fly out west, it evidently hits you a little bit harder. Uh, this from Clip Kniemi. Where do you expect the team and their play to be in two months? That's Christmas Day. Who's leading the team in points, pims, time on ice? Well, I expect them to be in the top three in the division. Top two? Yeah. Um, point wise, Christmas. Uh-huh. If he stays healthy. If he's not. Tara Vinen. Go with no. the defenseman. Burns. Burns could be there. Slavin, maybe, although he doesn't get power play time. I'm going to say Ajo. I'll just keep it. I'll keep it simple. Keep it I'm not, I'm simple. not going to, I'm not going to try to galaxy brain it. 
Uh, Zach, thoughts on the start of Coach Kanyemi, Jarvis, Slavin, and Shea? I mean, red hot. They're, I don't know. Yeah, as expected. I don't know what I would, would I, if I'd change anything about their starts. No. <clears throat> Maybe, um, I don't even want to use the word consistency. Um, yeah, I, I, I think their well, starts are. go back to something in this. You don't ever just look at one guy in the room when Rod talks about taking a breath. That's across the board. Yeah. Or those little lapses, that little that little gap, that half a step that a player is like, ah, he's there. All of a sudden it's in your net. You're like, oh, you're going to be there a step quicker. Yeah. Right? That, I mean, you could say that not only about those guys, but all the players. Yeah. Right? Always. I mean, that'd be about it. Uh, this from Lil Peachy. What was the purpose for the paper transaction that they did with Piotr Kochetkov a couple of days ago? Cap friendly doesn't have him listed as an emergency recall now, just a recall. Is there a difference between the two? Yes. Emergency recall, you can send the player back down to the minor leagues without him having to clear waivers, but that's not a problem for Kochetkov because he's still on the deal where he can, I believe, go back down without having to clear waivers. So the paper transaction, a lot of times when you do that, it becomes a money thing. Yeah. From the cap side of it. Yeah, from the cap side of it. Yeah, you bank bank cap space when you make paper transactions. As the world burns, does Shane Shane as a coach and former player ever mention things he sees to Rod or the other coaches? And then where do you think the team will be by Thanksgiving? Now they're moving up the date. They're moving up the date because he's worried about the date you talked about. The American Thanksgiving thing, you can throw it out. I really believe you can. Oot the window. Um, no, I don't, you know, it's more of a general conversation. If I'm talking with Rod or JD about the power player five on five, like, what do you see wrong? You know, I ask, it's more of asking questions. I don't ever chime in and say, why don't you try this? Um, not my place. And Thanksgiving, I'll give you a number. Three, six, nine. 11 games before Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. Right now at three and four. I'm going to take... Eleven? Eleven and seven? Wins. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, if you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. I'll take that. Eleven and seven. Uh, this question, AB, when Svechnikov comes back, do you build an ultimate top line with Svech, Aho, and Natchez? Also, do you switch up the D pairings more and put Tony and Slavin back together? No, I think that you keep Slavin and Burns together. I mean, we, you, I guess we can't really answer that question because when they're back, what's going on with the team? Who's got chemistry? Mm-hmm. I mean, those are great options that you might see, and you just don't know until it's they're all there. Yeah, when, but when you say when you build an ultimate top line, well, we've seen this, and we will see it, because Rod Brindmore has shown as a coach that he will put lines together. Right. You put Ajo, Teravine, and Svech back together? Good you chance. You put Svech with Jordan Stahl, because he's played good with him, too? Good chance of that, too. Svech, Koganiame, and Natures were pretty hot last year. And right now, you've got... Code Kaniemi, Nason, and Jarvis that are hot. Sawyer Newsom. Over the offseason, there were quite a few headlines about Toronto changing their goal song. Even though the Canes goal song is already super iconic. If y'all had to change it, what would it be? Awesome to see you back in the booth. Yours truly. 
Kaniak of Staten Island. I'm not very good at music. Uh, I would just, you know what I would do? Uh, some teams are doing it. Everybody pick their own goal song. Each player? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's the guy upstairs that likes that idea? Doesn't matter. Ask me what I would do. That way it gets us out of answering this question. Okay. I like it. So you're going to take that? <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. John Stevens, uh, I've got a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? The office. <laughs> Thank you, John. You strike me as a Dwight Schrute fan of The Office. Actually, I can't lie. I don't watch Office. Really? Nope. Figured you would have. Nope. Perused it once or twice. Uh, This from Looper. (laughs) I think the team is looking at any potential moves. Yeah, trading the farm. (laughs) Or do we ride it out with who we've got and give them a chance to right the ship now that we're no longer on an extended road trip? Uh, it's W Looper, so I went Will Looper. Will Looper. W Looper. You've obviously swallowed the panic button. Trade it all. You didn't even push it. Trade it all. You swallowed it. Trade it all. Get rid of it. Get away from it. We, listen, go back, rewind to the start of the show and listen to our intro. Period. Trade them all. <laughs> this from Ross. 15 questions. Two. It's only two. <laughs> Shocked. But of course, it can't be one. Uh, Mike, how important is it to keep perspective early in the season? It's the most important thing. What is perspective? I don't know. People are thinking, <laughs> this: is the season over seven games in? Mm. Like, I love, you know what my favorite commercial is right now? Not the one that we do for Stormbrew, the presenting sponsor of Kane's Cast. What? Which is a crisp, light, refreshing lager. So tasty. Uh, have you seen the diet uh, Dr. Pepper and Dr. Pepper? They do the thing during college football, Fansville. Yes. And they show, like, the Guys, fans. It's the first play. Yeah. <laughs> Brian Bosworth going, it's the first play of the season. Maybe we're overreacting a little bit. Yeah. I do like that one. So, uh, that one I I enjoy. Uh, Anthony, in thinking about the road trip that just ended for the Canes, is there anything you guys do to occupy your time during flights or drives? Well, Shane evidently... I'm a sleeper. Shane evidently fake rides the bike. Sure do. That That was distasteful. I had to stop so I could talk. You are a peak athlete in your you prime. You should have seen, by the way, Mike, speaking of my first segment. What was that, L.A.? Anaheim? Anaheim. The segment I sent out where I'm on my exercise bike at home. The first take was pristine. And my daughter, my beautiful daughter. Forgot to record it? Nope. She's got this weird look on her face. And I'm like, what's wrong? I'm like, I was even pumped. I'm like, just crushed it. Let's go. Two minutes. Let's go. And she goes, um, let's do it again. I'm like, that was perfect. She goes, well, I had it set on slow motion. Oh, my God. <laughs> now I want to see that. We deleted it. Oh, boo. Uh, I watch, uh, you download a lot of stuff. No. Like I watch, no, I do. Oh. I watch, I watch, I catch up on shows. <laughs> I don't. You fall asleep. I am a sleeper on the plane. It's unbelievable. I wish I could. I can't sleep. I read uh, or I, I watch movies or listen to I don't music. know if there's a lack of oxygen in that tube or something, but I go, I'm out. I fell asleep one time last year. You'd give me a coffee with my coffee in my hand. There you go. Yeah, Mike's you. always got the ear pods in. Always. Well, I catch up on a lot of songs. Listen in. It's kind of. Keeps me calm. Mm. I'm not a bad flyer, though. I don't care. If it happens, it happens. That's how I look at it. Sure. 
my time. Like I've already, trust me, I've already stared that in the face out in, on the West Coast. I'm not afraid to look at it again. Who? Oh, our live studio guest asked me that on when you posted that. Oh. I had to fill her in on the story. Oh, it doesn't know the story? Oh, it's been told many a time, Sarah, The uh, what happened to me in San Jose four years ago. It feels longer than that, and then it also feels like it was just five seconds ago. They removed Wilson from you? Yes, they did. You want to see it? No. I still got a picture of it. You showed it to me. You so showed Sarah. You, you haven't seen the picture of it? All right. It's, it's my reminder. So when people tweet dumb stuff at me. Do you send the picture back? No. Why would I do that to them? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I should. But then it would be out there for public consumption, so no, I can't, can't do, do that. that. So no. So yeah, when people tweet dumb stuff at me, I just go, you know what? Instead of getting upset over this, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Real good chance I, I shouldn't be. Mm. And then, you know, somebody up there likes me. I'm here for a reason. Maybe that's why. So here we go. But yeah, Sarah, they found a volleyball living inside of me. So that was the, uh, that was it. And it uh, attached itself to my favorite uh, small intestine. And then it ripped it apart. And then uh, I somehow found a way back to Raleigh and they took care of me here. And uh, 33. My favorite small intestine. Yeah, 33. Uh, then I really wouldn't have cared. Uh, but uh, they had to remove a foot and a half of that. That's fun. Mm. Um, and just trying to think what else. And, and now I'm here. Mm. 38. 38. 33 or 38 staples. They had to staple me. I look like Foot Frankenstein. That didn't change things at all? Uh, it changes a couple of things. I, I, I get dehydrated really quick. Okay. And um, when I drink yeah. a lot of water or whatever, yeah. I, yeah. Yes. Oh, the, the, you break the seal. It's yeah, like yeah. Well, I break, if I break the seal, it's like we are, well. You might as well just stay in there. Yeah. Pretty well, stay close by. That's <laughs> Do all. You post up by the bathroom? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Sarah's always going. Oh, yeah, but I'm down a foot and a half of small intestine. That's the only I, thing that I've, I've never noticed. Really thought of that before. I'm like, wonder how. I mean, it can't just everything can't be the exact same. No, it's not. Foot and a half. Yeah, and how a much lot of, do we have? A lot. Like <laughs> I think uh, small intestine is one. I think you got like thirty if they stretch it out. Remember, thirty don't, feet. Yeah, it's all like compacted in. No way. I'm googling this right now. Yeah. Close to that. So we're off we're off hockey talk. No, that's so fine. We're we're here. Let's see who can Google it faster. Uh small intestine length. Oh, twenty two feet. feet. So I'm I'm down to I'm down to nineteen and a half. That's a lot. No. I'm down the to large. I'm down to twenty and a half. The large is only five feet. Right. So there's your uh, knowledge of the day, people. Yeah, your anatomy lesson. And look look at that infotainment here from... 22 feet. Yeah. Poof. Well, and for some of us now, 20 and a half. So between Shane and I, we have 42 and a half feet of small intestine on this mm. podcast. Yeah. Right there, buddy. Thank you. If it's ever just me talking, just know Mike's gone to the bathroom. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> actually good about it. I know how to tie... I know how to pick my spots. Is here. that why you haven't taken a sip of that coffee? That is exactly why I haven't taken a sip of that coffee. have been on for 55 minutes, and I'm just staring at him like, is he going to drink that? Nope. <laughs> but I also get dehydrated, so that's why I need that stuff. He's mixing in a Gator Light with his coffee. Not I'm mixing. Not mixing. No. But. I'm, not, I'm not trip where I'm mixing a Red Bull with coffee. Mm. What's that called? I don't know. Didn't, don't you remember he said it when, like, how do we order our coffee? 
And he was talking about his drive uh, back, and he put uh, coffee in with the Red Bull in well, the cup. He was putting in his cup that had Red Bull. Yes. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to be mixing those anytime soon. How many suitcases did yachts take on the trip? Oh, man. Three. I want to say no. three. Maybe two. She had a big suitcase, and then she had another small suitcase. And a carry-on. I think so, yes. So is, is that three? Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the magic number. Anything with a half right now. Sure is. All right. Well, that'll do it. Uh, good to... Oh, somebody's calling you. Is yeah. this important? No. Okay. We'll let it go. We'll so let you, it go. You get the last we'll word. We'll go do it a voicemail. You get the last word, Shane. All right, everybody. Take another deep breath because Canes win Thursday night. Thank you.